welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. It is Friday, January 12th, and I'm Jessica Steinberg. I am speaking today with legal reporter Jeremy Sharon, currently at the International Court of Justice in The Hague in the Netherlands. It is day 97 of the war, and our attention at the moment is momentarily turned away from Gaza, from Hostage Square, from Lebanon, and what is happening right here in Israel, to the Netherlands, where Israel was charged with genocide by South Africa, and will be battling that claim today, Friday. Jeremy will tell us what Thursday brought in the court, and what is expected to happen today when Israel, as I said, gets a chance to defend itself. We will talk about all of that after a quick break. You're listening to this podcast, so I know you care about the war in Israel right now. And you've been reading the headlines. Massacre in Gaza. Genocide perpetrated by Hamas. No, by Israel. But if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know one thing. This stuff seems complicated. And honestly, no one can really just pick a side or decide an opinion without really learning. Without really knowing what you're talking about. And that's where this podcast comes in. Check out Unpacking Israeli History, now in its sixth season. They have episodes with topics ranging from what is Hamas anyway, to whether Israel should ransom captured soldiers, and the history of Israel and its disengagement from Gaza in 2005. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. So... Educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, so Jeremy, you're in the Netherlands. Set the scene first for us about what was happening yesterday at the beginning of this process. What can you describe for us in terms of this situation that is unfolding at The Hague? So, obviously, this is, you know, a really dramatic moment in Israeli history, I would say. And ahead of the hearings in uh, the International Court of Justice, there there were pro-Israel rallies, there were pro-Palestinian rallies. I uh, attended the rally, which was uh, in support of Israel. There was lots of local uh, Dutch people supporting Israel, including um, Christian Zionists uh, specifically who came to give Israel the support. And there was a pretty impressive rally, I think, of a couple of hundred people in really, you know, freezing cold minus sub-zero temperatures to come out and support Israel. At the same time, there was a big Palestinian, uh, pro-Palestinian rally, much larger than the, the Israeli one, and that got pretty, uh, pretty intense and, and quite hostile. Some of the Israeli reporters got spat on, and uh, those two rallies really demonstrate the intense uh, feelings and emotions uh, surrounding this issue as Israel is brought towards, you know, basically put in the dock in, in the UN's highest court uh, here in The Hague. Okay. And of course, this is the first time, correct, that this has happened for Israel, that it has been put in this situation. Yes, Israel has never actually had to defend itself within in the uh, International Court of Justice. Uh, the only, Actually, the only charge that Israel can be brought 
up upon in the ICJ is genocide because that is a party to the genocide convention. But other uh, concerns such as uh, violations of the laws of war, Israel is not a signatory to those conventions, hasn't ratified those conventions. So this is indeed the first time that Israel has had to defend itself from such charges. Okay, let's actually take a couple of steps back. Obviously, we have spoken about this before in the daily briefing, but just to remind listeners, uh, South Africa has accused Israel of genocide in Gaza following the war that has been playing out in Gaza after the Hamas attacks of October 7th in the Gaza border communities in Israel. Um, and the South African legal team on Thursday laid out what has played out in Gaza, accusing Israel of genocide, as we've, as we've mentioned, of a lack of humanitarian aid for the Gazans affected by the war. And obviously, these are all accusations that are very difficult and uncomfortable for Israel and for Israelis to hear. So tell us how that played out on Thursday and as we lead into today, into Friday, and how Israel will defend itself. Well, like, well, like you said, the, the South African legal team laid out the really difficult situation in Gaza for Palestinian civilians. It talked about, obviously, the large number of Palestinian civilians who have been killed, who have been injured, the the terrible difficulty in access to food and water, and uh, the general the general level of suffering in Gaza. And the South African team talked about the in- intense suffering uh, of Palestinian civilians in Gaza on top of the uh, the casualties and and the injuries, uh, how difficult it is to get access to uh, to medical treatment, to food and water, to basic humanitarian needs. So those are real difficulties. And uh, the other aspect of the South Africans' uh, case was discussing the in- inflammatory comments of of lots of Israeli senior officials, including even Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the Defence Minister. Uh, Yav Gallant, National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir, and and lots of others, uh, in which they try to to demonstrate that uh, that that Israel actually has a policy of trying to kill, uh, deliberately trying to kill Palestinian civilians, and which amounts to a genocidal campaign. So, this is the general thrust of the of the claims, and it, it must be pointed out that in these proceedings. The interim proceedings are which we which we're in the midst of are not to f- have a final definitive ruling that Israel is carrying out genocide, but that there is plausibility to the allegations that Israel is carrying out genocide in order to justify provisional measures to be issued by the by the court against Israel. So that's a much lower evidentiary bar than the final decision, and that is one of Israel's main problems here, which you will have to contend with because whatever the orders might be, and we can discuss that. Whatever the orders might be, uh, it will be a finding that Israel is plausibly committing genocide, which will do terrible diplomatic and political damage to uh, to the state. Right. Presumably, if that if that is proven, then Israel will become sort of persona non grata, one would presume, in the EU and among other nations. Um, spell it out for us a little bit so that we can understand what it could mean if that does indeed come to pass. Well, Israel, as signatory to the uh, Genocide Convention, would be obligated to abide by any orders which the court issues. 
And if it did not do so, then it could be referred to the United Nations Security Council, which could impose sanctions, uh, an arms embargo, trade sanctions, things like that. The United States uh, might be willing to veto that in the Security Council. Uh, it might not. It, you know, that would also put the Biden administration uh, and Biden himself as the head of the Democratic Party in a difficult situation because much of his party is not so well disposed to Israel. We should also discuss, the, you, you know, the, the the problems with the with the South African uh, oral arguments and application itself, and and I think there 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 are a couple there. First of all. Throughout the three and a half hours of oral argument and, and in the 84-page application which South Africa uh, submitted to the, uh, to the ICJ, there is no mention whatsoever of the intense use that Hamas has made of civilian infrastructure to embed its military installations and its combatants. Um, within that structure, within that infrastructure. And, you know, this is a critical part of Israel's defense that, yes, there is a lot of uh, what, what can be described as collateral damage, a lot of pa- uh, Palestinian civilians have been killed and injured. But Israel says this is this is a result not of them targeting Palestinians, but of of the fact that when when Hamas embeds itself in a hospital, in a mosque, in schools, in UN facilities, as we there's been a huge amount of documentary evidence that endangers the civilian population. And uh, according to international law, Israel uh, Israel and any country is entitled to strike uh, a target which had been a civilian uh, a civilian structure, but by being used as a, uh, you know for military purposes becomes a legitimate target, even if that might re- result in civilian casualties. So that's a critical part of the of what will be Israel's defense today in in trying to rebut these South African uh, allegations. Another thing which must be mentioned is that in South Africa's uh, oral arguments, there was barely any mention whatsoever of the October seventh atrocities and. You know the extent of those atrocities. Uh, the you know the barbarism, the, the fact that they they took hostages, they just uh, walked across, uh, you know, barged across the Gaza border and and went on a rampage through communities, uh, 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 Israeli communities in in that Gaza border region. And I, I think one of the one of the issues which is so important here, why that context is so important, is because you know if as I have done, you speak to the people from those communities who have been evacuated from those communities. You understand that they can't go back to li- they can't go back to live there as long as uh, Hamas exists in the Gaza Strip. They say that having having that organization just a few kilometers on the other side of the fence makes living in parts of sovereign Israel impossible. So that being the case, Israel would also would almost be giving up on part, on sovereignty of part of its land if its people are unwilling to go back to live there because of the danger of a terrorist organization on the other side of the. Of the, of the fence, and I, and I think that's uh, you know again a critical understanding of of why Israel is conducting this war, as and again as it's as many of Israeli Israel's leaders have said, the the, the aim is to destroy Hamas so that Hamas does not re- present a threat to Israel's civilians, and and obviously the, and and that there's no genocidal intent in the campaign, and that is something which is we just completely ignored by by the South African uh, legal legal representatives. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we're back, we'll talk about what Israel's legal team will be talking about in court today and how that could play out on the other side. Do you appreciate Times of Israel podcasts and our truly independent journalism reported directly from wartime Israel? Has the Times of Israel become important for your understanding of Israel and the Jewish world during this time of rising global anti-Semitism? If so, please join others like you who support our work by joining the Times of Israel community. 
For as little as $6 per month, you'll get an ad-free experience of our site and apps, exclusive TOI community content, and most importantly, you'll become partners of ours in ensuring media coverage of Israel that's professional, factual, and fair. For more information and to join, just go to timesofisrael.com slash join. Okay, so Jeremy, lay out what we're going to be hearing today. What are the legal arguments and what is the possibility and the plausibility that those arguments will make a dent in what was argued by the South African case yesterday? I think one of the most important things for for the Israeli team to to do will be to challenge the idea that there is some kind of genocidal intent. So they will look at the 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 quotations and citations by the South African team of Israeli politicians and they will try to demonstrate that uh, several things. Firstly, they'll say that they were uh, kind of cherry picked, uh, taken out of context. Um, for instance, uh, all, all that the all that the, uh, the these these comments are are very vague and and cannot be used to infer genocidal intent. One one thing which the South African team made a lot of was uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's comments, um, comparing basically or, or referring to you know. Ancient, the ancient Israelites' uh, biblical enemy of Amalek, the Amalekites, who, uh, uh, you know, according to the Bible, uh, attacked attacked the attacked the Israelites and killed men, women, and children. And and there is a, a biblical injunction to 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 kill the Amalekites. And so the South Africans basically said that with Netanyahu using, you know, the reference the frame of reference of the Amalekites within the context of the Gaza war, he 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 demonstrated demonstrated uh, a genocidal intent. So, you know, I think that uh, for, you, there is a lot of things you know, I, I I would say that it, you know, I think the Israelis will try and say that this is a vague vague uh, reference and that the reference could also simply be to the evil of the Amalekites as opposed to the the biblical uh, commandment to to destroy the Amalekites, I think um, you, uh, that that's going to be something which is going to come up. Uh, other comments, uh, you know, if, which were brought up, such as Defense Minister Yoav Gallant talking about, um, he said we talk, we're dealing with human animals um, and we have to act appropriately. So I think that there will be an effort to say that uh, Gallant is talking about uh, you know Hamas itself and not the Palestinian population. And the other comments um, um, made, you know, even even by senior officials, uh, don't don't demonstrate or don't are not reflected by by facts on the ground. Uh, what I mean, meaning meaning that that, there, that that South Africans did not bring evidence to show that there was uh, a systematic targeting of of Palestinian civilians, and I think that that is going to be something hard to to demonstrate, and something which the Israelis will, will, will point out is missing from their from their uh, from their oral argumentation. And then, Jeremy, just in terms of how the day plays out today, what what are we looking at in terms of timing, and then in terms of what happens at the end of the process at the end of uh, the Israeli team arguing its case. Well, today, like yesterday, the oral arguments will be three and a half, three hours or, or thereabouts, and um, we will see the Israeli representatives uh, come and present the different aspects of 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 the defence to rebut the South African team's uh, allegations. Once that is over, um, we 
we a, a decision expected is is expected in relatively short order, maybe a matter of days, uh, even because the South Africans are saying that there is an urgent need to intervene and there is an urgent need for the court to to step in here. Um, so that that is the kind of the sequence of events that we're looking at. One of the one of Israel's major problems here is, like I said earlier, that. South Africa does not have to demonstrate that Israel is committing genocide, but there is plausibility to to those allegations. And because the, the because the bar there to prove such allegations such uh, that there is plausibility is lower, and th- there are these highly problematic comments by Israeli officials, including very senior officials with influence over how war policy is made, that puts Israel in a, in a very difficult position. And as one expert told me, it means that. Today, in the argumentation, in the defense put up by Israel's representatives, they're going to be fighting an uphill battle, proving, trying to say that, yes, they, this politician said that, but he didn't really mean it or it was misunderstood, etc. That's one. That's the main issue. On the other hand, like I said, they will try and demonstrate that not only were these comments vague in certain cases or taken out of context or not reflected in, in policy, there's also lots of lots of comments by Israeli officials including IDF officials and and senior IDF officers saying Israel is uh, abiding by international law Israel is trying to uh, minimize damage to civilians and is, Israel is targeting Hamas and Israel takes different forms of the, the, you know the IDF takes different forms of action to prevent harm to civilians and they're going to probably demonstrate that and show show the, the, that kind of uh, activity. So in that respect, I think that there will be a, a substantive case for Israel's defence. And in the end result, we'll see that balance between uh, the low bar needed to prove plausibility and also the what, what some might say is the kind of relatively difficult job of South Africa to prove genocidal intent from uh, some problematic but um, not necessarily uh, reflective um, comments about policy. Okay. Jeremy, thank you very much. We will obviously keep on following your reporting as you do so from The Hague. Thank you also for listening to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Stay tuned for tomorrow's installment. This episode is produced by the Podwaves. If you want to recommend us to listeners, please feel free to do so wherever you find your podcast. And if you have any comments, always feel free to drop us an email at podcast at timesofisrael.com. Until next time, be well and Shabbat Shalom. Shalom.